and welcome back to this Ramadan special episode of That's Haram. I'm Corey. Assalamu alaikum, everyone. Ramadan Mubarak. Seher is here, as always. And yeah, we have that angel episode, finally. <laughs> <laughs> Just that bear with us. Because we are, of course, fasting. So we are a little tired, but we have a quick uh, episode about angels because we had received a really cool question, oh my gosh, months ago about whether or not Islam had guardian angels or not. And if they do, how do they function? And so I figured I would just kind of run through the basics of angels. We're not getting into the super nitty gritty because frankly, most of you are probably just going to be like, wow, I learned so much. Now I can go to Wikipedia. But I figured I'd walk us through uh the most important bits and kind of talk a little bit about hey, how angels work and what their roles are. And then we could talk a little bit more about like the guardian angels bit and then also how they're discussed kind of in the more general Islamic cosmology. Because of course there's a difference between what's in the Quran and then kind of what scholars talk about as they do as they did their research when Islam first was spreading. Also, I mean we're Ramadan brain. I'm pretty sure a lot of y'all are going to be Ramadan brain while you're listening to this. So if you're not, and you genuinely want to know, we're giving you a great starting point. If you already know this, it's fun to know. And also you don't have to think too hard. (laughs) (laughs) And you can always pause if you're like, why? Or I already know this and that's okay. We will not be mad if you're like, I have to leave now. Because again, we wanted this to be a good basic introduction. And then of course we can always do another episode when we're not Ramadan brain. So I'll go ahead and get us started. As you all may probably know, angels do in fact exist in Islam and they're one of the creations of Allah along with humans and jinn and well, frankly, everything, right? Because God created everything and believing in them is actually one of our articles of faith. So the Arabic word for angels is malak and plural is malaika, which means messenger. So the angels are also messengers Uh, that are heavenly beings created from some luminous origin. It's unclear what that luminous origin is. Some scholars believe that angels were actually created first after the prophet Adam, and others believe that they were created at different times depending on their needs. Um, Like Christianity and sometimes Judaism, there is anthropomorphic qualities to angels, and they're also abstract. So lots of wings, lots of eyes, you know, the, the good stuff when you're thinking about the way the art describes them, we don't really have like the white angel with two white wings and that kind of thing. And actually in Islam, some of the angels have colors associated with them, for example, and we'll get into who this angel is a little bit later, but the angel Gabriel Gabriel, uh, is known as being like the green angel and having green attached to him. So what else? They don't eat or drink. And they don't really have any anger or feelings. They can be tested, but for the most part, they just do whatever Allah tells them to do. Like their whole role is to just do what God says. So unlike other religions, there's not a bunch of different hierarchies. There's just the archangels and then everyone else or every other angel because they're not human. And the major angels that Muslims usually think about or have heard about, whether from the Quran or stories, are Jibril, who is Gabriel. He's the angel of revelation and is responsible for revealing the Quran to the prophet, peace be upon him. Gabriel also communicates with other angels and actually led the army of angels into the Battle of Badr, which is a significant historical battle. You can read about that on Wikipedia. I'm not going to get into all the details because that would be a whole other episode. So then there's Mikhail or Michael. 
all of them have English names as well for ease of understanding who they are. And Mikhail is the angel of mercy and is in charge of providing nourishment for bodies and souls and is also responsible for the weather. And some scholars actually argue that this angel is in charge of all the other angels carrying out the laws of nature. So whenever the weather is really annoying, sometimes I'll just be like, thanks, Angel Mikhail, because I can't just be annoyed that the weather is, is happening the way it is. So running joke in my family and my mom and dad are always like, Sahara, you, you shouldn't say that. I'm like, I know, but like it is Angel Mikhail's fault that right now it's like storming and they're just like, ah, stuck for law. But that's okay. Sometimes I'm a little problematic. It's fine. Then <laughs> there's Israfil, who's associated with Raphael. And in Islam, we have the Day of Judgment, which we've discussed before in other episodes. And how that process works is that when it's time for that Day of Judgment to occur, um, God will tell Israfil to blow the trumpet. And then the whole world, cosmos, universes, everything that ever exists disappears. And then the trumpet is blown again, and then everything comes back. And then the Day of Judgment starts. Finally, really quick, I'm going to yeah, jump go in um, because there are, you know, quote unquote, Christian counterparts. Um, in Christianity, the angel Raphael is really only like recognized as an arch archangel in Catholicism. So if you're not, yeah, if you're not Catholic um, and you're like angel, archangel Raphael, who is that? It's, they're talking about the, the Catholic archangel Raphael because he uh Raphael is only mentioned in the book of Tobit and the book of Tobit is only included in the Catholic Bible and not in the rest of the books of the Bible as because it's the Council of Trent and blah 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 anyways <laughs> I'm not going to get into super history on that but if you are like a non-Catholic Christian and you're like what is this Raphael just go go look up on a Catholic site and they'll explain who Raphael is there um Raphael is not acknowledges an archangel in outside really of Catholicism. So I wanted to clarify that. I did know that in Judaism, um, he's like identified as being one of the visitors that Abraham entertains, but I don't know if Islam has that same story or, you know, like that same uh, history passed out, if, if you will. So who is next? Because now I'm stuck thinking about how that's really interesting that Ezra, even though, even though, Raphael exists, but like only in certain, anyways, I'm going to get distracted, but yep. Israel, Back on, who on brain, gotta love it. <laughs> so Azrael, um, I think it's kind of a popular figure, mostly because a lot of times I know that Azrael is mentioned in like fantasy novels and things like that. And so in Islam, he's the archangel of death and he's actually responsible. I, I'm saying he, but like, they don't really have gender, right? So he is responsible for parting the soul from the body and carries the believers to the highest level of heaven, which is Iliin, or if you have to be punished again after day of judgment to Sajin, which is one of the levels of hell. But Azrael actually has helpers, including the Naziat and the Nashitat, because again, there's so many humans and there's only so many ways that like what, even like with the abilities that the angels have, there's just too many of us. So if you were a, butthead for a lack of a better term during Ramadan, um, your soul kind of leaves painfully from your body, which is not great. And then if you were to butthead, then your soul leaves kind of just like, I'm gone now from this body. And this is kind of an awful way of putting it, but for the sake of today, that's as deep as we get into it. And so each one of those angels, there's a bunch of them who all have the same name and they help um, Azrael. So again, that like, just because we've been doing the 
other counterpart. Um, there's really not a Christian type of specific angel of death that has a specific name. And it also depends on the culture you come from, like in Mexico, um, Santa Muerte right, is, right. you know, the holy death. So it really just depends on, you know, what type of Christianity flavor you are and where you live in the world. It can become really highly specialized. Yeah. And I know that in Judaism, the name exists, but it's not completely clear whether or not Israel was also associated with death prior to Islam spread. Um, but I do know that like in some mysticism, Israel is like connected to evil. So it's really interesting to see how these different angels and other figures are different and are very similar in the three Abrahamic faiths. Mm-hmm. So then we move on to the whole reason why we wanted to bring this up guardian angels. So Corey had been asked that question and then Corey asked me and I was like, I mean, kind of sort of, but not really. So from my perspective, you know, when I think of guardian angels outside of Islam, I kind of think of like in the TV shows where they're just like hanging out on your shoulder or, you know, they are there to like intercede if something awful is about to happen and like they save you. And I know a lot of times, like when people lose their loved ones, depending on the religion or like the cultural background, they'll consider those people have becoming kind of like a guardian angel uh, person. And Corey can can add to that too. But the way that Islam count discusses it and talks about it. So I think I mentioned this before when we were talking about the day of judgment in a previous episode, but in Islam, each single person has all of their good and evil or bad or sins or however you want to describe it, right? Like every single action we ever do is recorded. So each person so currently there's like seven point X billion people, right? Each single one of us in Islam, we believe has Girama and Fatibin, which are the honorable recorders. So if you think about like comics or other places where there's like the angel figure on your right shoulder and the devil figure on your left shoulder telling you what to do, we don't have that. But what we do have is one sitting on our right side or like kind of right behind us and one sitting on our left side or right behind us and they're doing all of the recording. So all of us technically have two angels like hanging out with us at all times. And their job literally is just writing down everything we do. And then there are some who are identified as protectors. So the Muakabat, they keep people from death until it's decreed for our times time to go and they bring down blessings. So in that context, like if there's an accident, but it isn't our time to go, like that angel would be there to like make sure we don't go, if that makes sense. And there are different stories about you know, like this angel saved this person from falling down a well or, or whatever. Um, and then there are also other angels who just like hang out and keep track of us in life, sleep, death, what have you to make sure that like nothing untoward happens. But there isn't really a single individual guardian angel figure that we have. Corey, I don't know if you want to add anything. Uh, well, I mean, again, just because I came from a Christian background before mm-hmm. I reverted um the the concept of guardian angel it's fairly complex you know there's not one specific guardian angel even i mean you know catholics will even pray for intercession from the saints Mm -hmm. you know or individuals who've been venerated as saints so it's really just it's almost like an interceder yeah as a concept um you know similar with Again, I'll go back to Santa Muerte because she's just such a complex figure. It's like, yes, she's the holy death, but people also, you know, would pray to her for intercession. 
So she's like guardian angel slash saint slash the holy death figure all wrapped up in one for this particular culture. Mm-hmm. And like I said, the Catholics, um, you know, St. Jude, you would pray to St. Jude because he's the patron saint of hopeless causes. Like if you're down at the end of your rope, you need like an absolute miracle. Like a lot of Catholics might pray to St. Jude, or if you're not from the Catholic religion, then, um, you know, say you're in the car and you're about to have a car wreck. A lot of them grab the quote unquote, Oh, Jesus handle and start praying. Oh God. Oh God. Mm-hmm. Oh God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, it's not guardian angels are more, if you're not necessarily in a liturgical church, it's maybe more of a nebulous concept. You're really kind of praying to God and it's a nice thought. I don't know that you would necessarily believe you have a guardian angel so much as, Oh, God was watching over me or Jesus was watching over me that day. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And I I think what's interesting too, is there's so many similarities in the context of like the times that these religions were spread and then how different cultures, you know, incorporate them. I know, I think we've discussed this before too. There's a large community of of people who are raised Muslim in the Latinx community. And then also there's been a lot of people who have converted and actually a lot of them have been Catholics who've converted to Islam. And so, you know, there's going to be incorporation over time. Like your parents teach you stuff and then you teach your kids thing and your community, you know, teaches stuff. And so well, one of the like- interesting things I've seen is San- I keep going back to Santa Muerte because I'm just I'm fascinated by Santa Muerte and especially with how former Catholics who have reverted to Islam that I've yeah. talked to have carried Santa Muerte over because she didn't originate with Catholicism. She originated with the indigenous peoples mm-hmm. and they trace her back to kind of like a death god or death goddess from the tribes before pre-contact. So the idea of her being carried forward, now there's like this discussion of, oh, well, maybe she's a djinn. Maybe she's a helpful djinn type of. Yeah. (laughs) Just you're seeing that kind of syncretism. And I, I mean, I'm not saying it's right or it's wrong. I'm just saying this is like some of the discussions I've had of like how you reconcile an important figure Mm -hmm. from like one religion to how you maybe understand that figure in the context of a different religion. So like, there's this discussion of like, well, Santa Muerte, you know, we're not going to call her Santa Muerte, but maybe she's like La Flaquita or something. And she's Mm -hmm. still a figure in Islam, but maybe, you know, she's not a saint, but maybe, maybe she is the Mu'akabit. Did I say that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe she is a Mu'akabit or maybe she's a very helpful jinn right. who's performing, you know, who's doing good deeds in Allah's name. Right, so it, right. it's very interesting culturally to see this kind of syncretism happening because you do have former Catholics who do very much believe in Santa Muerte. And not all Mexican Catholics believe in Santa Muerte, obviously, but you have right. some of them who are like, you know, it's, there's just no room for them in Catholicism and they're finding that there is room for them in Islam. Right. Well, and I think what's really interesting too. Um, so everyone that I mentioned so far has been mentioned in the Quran in some capacity or in Hadith, which again, are the sayings and actions of the prophet, which have been ruled as like accurate story stories is the right word, but you know what I mean? Like the accuracy based on scholarship and whatnot. And, um, Two of the angels that aren't mentioned in the Quran, but we all believe in, or I shouldn't say all, but most of us believe in, 
Armunkar and Nakir, who are actually um, kind of, or they bear some similarity to some Zoroastrian divinities, and their job is to ask questions of us when we pass in the grave. So earlier I had mentioned, you know, the soul is parted and all of that jazz. But once you get to the Barzakh, which is kind of like, kind of like our purgatory, but not really, which is in the grave, we're going to be asked, who is your Lord? What is your religion? And what is your faith about the prophet Muhammad and priest be upon him? And depending on your answers, you know, you're going to end up doing fine until the day of judgment. Or if not, then you might be punished in the grave. Not really necessary to discuss for this uh, episode. But the point that I wanted to make is so they don't actually, they're not mentioned in the Quran, but they were mentioned in Hadith. And so scholars hypothesize that they were actually derived from astrological figures originally associated with like an astral god. So it's really interesting too, because like a lot of Islam, you know, scholars have found whether they were mentioned in the Quran or not, like a lot of stuff is similar to other things pre- Arabian pre-Islamic Arabia and whatnot and so it's really interesting to see how those figures and in this case I want not like characters as fictional but just like characters are brought up because you know like those are one of the angels I remember learning about first because like as kids when you're getting like the lesson of like how does it like when you die like they come up first because they're going to ask you Mm -hmm. and so it's really interesting to see how that plays out Um, and then there are like other angels who aren't archangels, but there's Redwan, who's the keeper of paradise. And then there's Malik, who's the chief of angels in hell. And one of, this isn't really funny, but I think it's an interesting thing that we all know is that he never smiles. And so when the prophet met him, the prophet, peace be upon him, was like, why, why is this angel so intense? Uh, probably in Arabic and not in that tone. But then another, per- I think Gabriel, uh, so Gabriel is like, oh, he's in charge of hell. So he has nothing to smile about. And I'm just like, oh, geez, that's so hardcore. And so, you know, all these angels, even though they're not like physical entities, necessarily the way we would think about them, they all have these different attributes and qualities. And so in Sufism, and I'm Sufi, um, angels are also considered to represent different attributes of Allah's beauty. And in Sufi cosmology, the world is divided into different realms. So the angels are kind of one of the entities that could kind of like travel between the different realms. And also, um, Corey had mentioned earlier, like guardian angels in this context, they're kind of like the angels who kind of hang out and are spending time with the humans to make sure that like we're not totally like, you know, struggle bus and all the time. And they kind of function in a way of like keeping track of what's going on and they can talk to people in their dreams. And actually um, a lot of Sufis, you know, they'll try to get to a point when they're dreaming, if they're like lucid dreaming, where they do have these dreams with angels, because that is understood as to be a good sign that if you're able to have a dream where either the prophet or one of the prophets or another religious figure appears, then that's a pretty big deal. And it's like a big sign that like something is going to happen in your life. Um, so that's kind of like my run through. I'm trying to think of what else I wanted to point out to you all. Um, there's I, also like, okay. I do want to point out, um, you know, I know when you were talking about Munka or Nakir. Yeah. Um, and how you were like, well, it predates Islam. I do want to point out because I know some people, this is confused. Uh, some people that I've talked to who aren't mm-hmm. Muslim of well why is it so tolerant for other religions and i think this is something a lot of non-muslims don't know is that you know god or allah sent messengers before muhammad peace be upon him and for a time 
it was great. And then people fell away and the message kind of got muddied, so mm-hmm. to speak. So it's not that they're taking just these like pagan apostate symbols, quote unquote, it's, you know, you may just be reclaiming what Allah had originally sent down that maybe, you know, other religions had gotten muddy and you're taking those parts back. Yeah. And I think we've if mentioned I said before, that clear enough. <laughs> no, I think you did. Yeah, I think that's great. And the other thing too, is we've mentioned this before, like the Torah, which we call the Torah and the um, Bible and the gospels, or I want to double check that I'm not the book of the Psalms. Sorry. There's a lot of books, but like all of those are considered to have been passed down or, you know, sent down by Allah. And so it's not like we're like the Bible is, wrong it's just that muslims believe that because of the way that different books had been passed down or written or changed or whatnot like they're not anymore like the true word of god especially because with the bible at the time that it was written it was written after like some parts of it were written after his jesus peace be upon him's death and like all this other kind of stuff and so the way that we consider islam and actually like this is another episode we believe that the quran has never been changed once they decided how to organize it Actually, though, there are like two different printed versions of it. And now everyone uses like one, but scholars have found like the ways like certain words have changed. But for the most part, compared to other books, like it's been the same this whole time. And so it gives that belief to us that like this is the last book. And so this is a book that we should go by. It's kind of like we mentioned this before. And I think our one of our original first episodes, the Baconator episode, um, <laughs> where we talked about how alcohol originally like was fine but then humans couldn't get their ish together and so then god was like yeah you you guys are struggle busted so there's no more alcohol for you at all and in fact Mm -hmm. actually speaking of again how islam can be totally dependent on the school of thought there are some schools of thought that are like well it's really just like beer that's not okay but like maybe wine is but i don't know a single muslim who actually like acts on that belief because that just again turns into well if i become addicted or if something happens then i'm no longer able to control myself so, um, Corey, did you want to say something? What I was going to say is like, um, and I keep bringing her up, but I just want to make this point clear of when you have Muslims who were Santa Muerte followers, mm-hmm. their thinking is because she was important prior to pre-contact that there is, you know, Allah didn't just send people that we know of to the Middle East. Mm-hmm. So their thinking is, well, we, we don't necessarily have the history of messengers that Allah sent to, you know, the, the Western hemisphere. So mm-hmm. they're like, OK, she's important to us for a reason. How do we reconcile this while still being, you know, it, it's this idea of like there's a reason she's so important to us. H- how are we? going to make this halal then within islam right right well and the thing too i mean okay so there's so many people on this planet now and i think once i looked it up like the total number of people that would have ever been on the planet like there's going to be that many types of ways to react to religion if you're religious or if you're not religious then i guess it doesn't matter for this conversation but Mm -hmm. the ways that islam have moved around the world and especially at the time that they moved you know there are plenty of muslims who are written as just like partying all the time and drinking and doing drugs during the i don't remember which dynasty i want to say the one before or after the Umayyad, i always forget right and like 
the Mughal era existed. Like there's clearly lots of different times that Islam has proliferated in different ways. And even, um, I'm an anthropologist. So like I read uh, um, research with people in like North Africa and like how they've incorporated different cultural beliefs in Islam. Like it's, it's Islam, right? Like they're still practicing just the way the rest of us do, but they might incorporate other things and it doesn't make them, in my opinion, and like Sufism, it doesn't make them like doing it incorrectly. And the same thing I think happens with some of the, angels that have been incorporated or you know like for example again um there are some angels who are mentioned like once or twice in the quran and so the descriptions that we have of them end up coming afterwards or based on conversations with the prophet and in other situations so for example the bearers of the throne hamlat al-arsh are a group of angels whose entire job is to just like hang out with god and they're, they're described as different creatures, an eagle, a bull, a lion, and a human. And they intercede for the creatures that correspond to their form. Some hadiths describe them as six wings and four faces, right? So like, there's all sorts of stuff who, sorts of stuff, sorts of angels who like, we're not really thinking about on a regular basis, but they exist in the Quran for, um, you know, the reasons that they're said to exist. And in this case, they hang out and hold up the celestial throne where Allah hangs. Well, I shouldn't say Allah hangs out, but like Allah exists. Um, <laughs> and then there's also, oh my gosh, there's one other group of angels I was going to mention. Let me double check who they were. It'll come to me as soon as I'm like, I'm going to give up and not think about it. Well, we didn't oh. talk about the angels who watch over us and just like regular life and sleep and death. Like yeah, I mean, 24 the- seven big brother angels so to speak <laughs> yeah i mean they're just like hanging out to make sure that like nothing happens to us but like there's also angels who don't necessarily have names but they hang out in the different levels of heaven and hell mm-hmm. for whatever reason um in the sixth uh, level there's the sh- the cherubim and they all have a bunch of different roles and they um just like hang out around heaven and then there's also the uh who's the other one i don't remember oh kyle kyle who guards the entrance of the fifth heaven right like literally like that's all they do so like we don't ever talk about them it's like we're not dead so like there's nothing we could do about that (laughs) so we mostly just think about the angels who are the archangels and then you know the ones that we know are hanging out with us all the time and then there are also actually three disputed angels um who don't necessarily exist in the quran but were mentioned in the hadith or they were mentioned in the Quran, but never had like a name. So it's hard to know exactly who they are. And so the first one is Dul Karnain, um, who may or may not be an angel and just like exists and like hangs out and can travel between the East and the West of the world and um, appears in the Quran and is known as uh, the one who erects the wall between mankind and some cannibals. We're not going to get into that now, but like, that's the whole point of this angel. Then there's someone um, known as Al-Khidr who was never mentioned by name as this, but exists in the Quran as a righteous servant of God, possessing great wisdom or mystic knowledge. But like, we don't know to, to like what extent they are an angel or if they took human form or what their role necessarily is, but like they're able to reveal hidden knowledge. So a lot of Sufis are like, if you can't find someone to be your saint, then Al-Khidr will be your saint. And then finally, there's Azazel, who I don't think exists anywhere else. I think it's just an Islamic tradition, um, is identified as a former archangel who was also 
among those commanded to bow before Adam, but refused to just like Iblis, Satan, and was banished to hell. But unlike- You're unlike actually Satan, wrong on that. I, I'm going to have to correct you. Um, Azazel does exist outside of Islam. In what? Um, in the pseudopigraphic book of Enoch, Azazel is one of three angels who mm-hmm. were opposed to when Enoch went to heaven, just he, mm-hmm. God just like, okay, you're coming to heaven now. You're not even going to die. And he eventually <laughs> becomes like the super high ranking angel. And I kid you not called Metatron. Are you serious? Yeah, I am dead serious. Anyway, so Azazel is actually, he opposed Enoch's cum, cum, uh, Metatron's high rank. So he wound up being cast out of heaven and he became an evil, like a fallen angel. Jeez. Well, Azazel and Iblis clearly just like really weren't about bowing in front of Adam or in this case, having Enoch be higher up, which I think speaks to like, again, like the whole point of angels is they just do what God wants. So if God tells them do the thing and they're like, no, then they're going to get cast out. But the reason they're not doing the thing is because they don't want to bow in front of anyone who's not God. So mm-hmm. uh, that's actually, I think we had this conversation again. I can't remember all of our episodes. We definitely had this conversation about Iblis because Iblis isn't a fallen angel. Iblis is a jinn and um, didn't want to bow because then Adam would be more important. And so in that context, he was being like the most monotheist of them all. But now he just hangs out with all of his and, and demon friends and tells us to do bad things. But during Ramadan, he's locked up. So if you're a booty head during Ramadan, it's all on you. That's um, just that- interesting because <laughs> in, well, he also exists in Judaism and in Judaism, he's more of like the scapegoat figure because Aaron, mm. when Aaron was like the high priest of back during way, way back, um, you would leave a sacrifice to Yahweh and then one to the goat essentially and it was left out for as as and it's essentially it's like you become the uh synonymous with like the scapegoat see and what's really interesting is like there's two different stories right so like some scholars say that well again this was... is apocryphal right it, it's apocryphal but from the jewish aspect uh i believe it's from i say leviticus 15 or 16 interesting i'm not gonna go look it up because we're recording anyways um but it is you you said that and i was like i know somebody else is gonna listen to this and be like you're wrong (laughs) (laughs) well and interestingly enough like azizel is both iblis but also not so in the quran and part of it is because like okay people who aren't or figures who aren't explicitly mentioned in the quran like obviously everything in the quran is based on the setting of which the revelations occurred so episode for another day in the Quran itself, like you have to know if a section is given to the prophet when he was in Medina or when he was in Mecca, peace be upon him. And so a lot of these figures, which we mentioned earlier today and in other apps, like it's a lot of conversations with the prophet and what scholars were doing when they were trying to find like written, you know, written records of things. And so in some places, Iblis is Azazel, and in some cases, Azazel is just the leader of angels told to terminate the jinn. So, you know, for the sake of this episode, it doesn't particularly matter. The point mm-hmm. is, Azazel exists and is one or the same as Iblis telling God, I'm not doing the thing. I shouldn't say like that. But Azazel refused to buy down, <laughs> bow down. And so here we are. Um, yeah. I so do want to clarify just, just for clarification's sake um mm-hmm. 
I know we've mentioned the gin a few times in here. Angels and gin are not the same. Yes, they are not the same. So um, we, we did, if you haven't, if you're brand new, we did an episode previously. I think it was like angels and gins and demons. Oh my. Yeah. Um, where we <laughs> Cause do we were co- talking about um, Lucifer and other shows. And yeah, like. that was, um, well, I'll, we'll link that into the article that'll be up on the fundamentals that you can go check it out there. Um, but this is more of a continuation from that primer, but if you are curious, you know, like what you're talking about, what is Iblis? What is, what are gin? Like you can go listen to that episode and there's a lot of, um, good information there. So that is our very basic short overview of the angels in Islam because we wanted to make sure we answered one of your amazing questions about guardian angels. So and the answer is yes and no, and it depends. <laughs> and there's not really a good clear. It's not the exact same as what you, depending on where, what flavor of Christianity you are. Um, it's probably not the exact same, but it doesn't mean that they don't necessarily exist. They just necessarily exist in a different way than you think. And like yeah. we said at the beginning, there's no saints. And then we mentioned saints again. So we'll probably have to do another episode on that. Well, okay. Clarify. Like saints, saints in the context of Sufism versus the saints in just Islam in general. I mean, frankly, it's the anthropologist. We, we'll, we'll do a it separate depends. episode on that. We'll just do a separate episode on that uh, as well as, you know, I'm sure people are like, I thought it was just Shia and Sunni. What's Sufism? So we'll just, we'll plan on doing an entirely different episode <laughs> on what oh Sufism is. Yeah. So we, I just say like, they're the super mellow people and they're just chilling and trying to get to God. I like everybody, but they just like are super chilling. It's, it's cool. We'll explain it. It'll be fine. Yes. It's different episode things like though, that. but everybody's Ramadan braining right now. So we're going to wrap it up. Yeah. What Corey said, but the important thing is all of this is available on the internet. So if you were like, Ooh, this angel seems really interesting. I want to learn more. Like Wikipedia is a great place to start and you'll find the resources to learn more. And you can always ask us more questions. We just didn't mm-hmm. want to go into it and spend like an hour and a half on angels and everyone be like, I can't take all this information. My brain hurts. It's so. a good introduction into angel specifics. Yeah. You're good. You're good. Angel. Ology primer. <laughs> what? What? thank you for tuning in uh we hope all of you are having a blessed ramadan right now and um are taking ramadan in with the spirit in which allah intended it and um you know also please keep wearing a mask please (laughs) and get vaccinated (laughs) if you have the opportunity so that's gonna be it for us um my Ramadan brain is really kicking in right now. So thank you guys for tuning in. Um, Don't we, forget to listen to our many other podcasts. Yes. Um, you know what? They know what the podcasts are. Uh, you can find them <laughs> on our site. I've listed them so many times. Um, but don't forget to check out uh, the fundamentals for the actual article of this. Because again, I will link to the previous Angels episode that we talked about. And we actually also have a episode of sartorial splendor that's related to ramadan that will have just come out before this episode that you might want to check out as well so i would encourage you guys to do that thank you all ramadan mubarak again ramadan kareem everybody stay safe